from the mind of the sapient simian. This is Nobody's Prodigy. Free-range ideas from beyond the box. This is the Sapient Simeon, and welcome to Nobody's Prodigy, episode 40. An episode I'm going to call, I Choose the Cupboard. If so many episodes conjured from a single brain haven't made it abundantly clear thus far, I have an overactive imagination, and a tendency to overthink things. I have, for example, given serious thought to what I would do if I suddenly fell back in time, or was given three wishes, genies being infinitely better than monkey paws in such a case. It should come as no surprise, then, that I have long considered which magical movie prop I would most prefer to have if I were able to choose one for my own. Of all the weapons, vehicles, and artifacts spanning countless stories and genres, I would choose a simple cupboard. Now, when I say a cupboard, I don't mean a wardrobe, but I mean a small box that mounts on the wall, approximately two feet by two feet by maybe eight inches, with a small key. The cupboard I'm speaking of actually comes from a 1995 Frank Oz movie called The Indian in the Cupboard. Now, the cupboard actually has very simple powers. You place small toys inside it, lock it and unlock it, and the toys actually become alive. Now, of all of the artifacts out there, you may find yourself wondering, why would I choose such a simple and small item? In the movie... The boy who has the cupboard places a small figurine of a Native American inside, and when he locks it and unlocks it, the Native American comes alive, and the two of them actually end up building a relationship. Eventually, he ends up also placing a cowboy figurine into the cupboard, and they also become a main character in the story. Importantly, at one point in the story itself, there's a moment where someone places in a few other figurines, and you get a moment to see that not only do the cowboy and the Native American have the potential to come alive, you also see the figures of Darth Vader with a lightsaber, Robocop, and a T-Rex come alive. And these are important things, for me at least, in terms of showing the potential of the cupboard when it comes to my reasons for choosing it in the first place. If the cupboard works as shown, and Darth Vader's lightsaber is shown to be functional, and Robocop is shown to be functional at all, then it can be inferred that their technology works. In addition, if both of these characters are shown to come alive, then it also implies that the cupboard's ability to bring people to life is not limited by actual living characters. But in fact, even imaginary characters can be brought to life. With that in mind, I find myself asking, well, what other technology and characters become possible? Of course, the main issue in this situation is the issue of size. The cupboard is small, and therefore the figurines have to be small. At such a size, you would be limited to the scale of action figures and figurines that would generally be an action figure type of a size. But... There are many useful things that do not rely upon size, and there are many useful features and abilities that could be tapped into that also are not hindered by the handicap of size. Intelligence, for example, being one of them. 
In the film, the Native American is shown to build a house for himself. And this brings up the question of why not use famous genius characters to construct new technology. For example, you could use characters such as Tony Stark or mastermind characters from any number of science fiction tropes or comic books to utilize their great intelligence to construct items that are beyond your personal ability to construct and possibly beyond anyone's ability to make in this universe. In such cases, there may be situations where their abilities and their versions of science do not directly translate to the types of science that we use in this universe. However, in those cases, you could actually use the cupboard to manifest the key ingredients needed for them to accomplish the task that they seek to achieve. For example, Tony Stark relies really heavily upon his arc reactors he uses to power all of his equipment. We don't actually have that technology to make that. However, it would be possible to find versions of toys that include arc reactors within them that you could then put into the cupboard and then bring out and let him cannibalize the arc reactors from to then use in building whatever it is that you needed him to build. In this way, you could have a whole team of geniuses working at your disposal to create any number of advanced and even fantastical technologies that you could then use for whatever purposes you felt were necessary. Perhaps number one on my particular list would be to build a device that could be used to enlarge or reduce items in size. If you could build an item that could actually make small things large or make large things small, then the hindrance of the cupboard in only being able to manipulate items that were able to fit within it would be overcome. Not to mention, anything that you put inside and brought to life could then be made the appropriate size for you to use as yourself, therefore allowing you to have any item anywhere and any particular person not only brought to life, but brought to life in a way that allows them to behave and act as they normally would. Now, it's not clear if pure machinery works within the cupboard. The examples shown are always items that are on the person of a particular individual that is brought to life. As I said, Darth Vader's lightsaber is shown to work, but Darth Vader actually is holding his lightsaber when he's brought to life. So it's not necessarily clear that the lightsaber alone put inside the cupboard would be brought to life or would be made real. However, if it was the case that it had to be on someone's person, you could always add the items to a figurine before you put them into the cupboard, or you could have the person build the item again once they are out of the cupboard, in the event that it does work on items that are not alive, which would be the ideal, then you could forego bringing people to life altogether and simply collect the items that you wanted to use and put them in as they are. And then, if given a device that can actually enlarge and reduce items in size, you could simply blow those items up to the size that you need to use them and use them as is. That would, of course, be the best possible option. Not only because it prevents you from having to bring all of these people in and out of existence and traumatize them as they are, 
but it gives you the possibility to put in things that are 100% mechanical and use them. Things like matchbox cars and spaceships and any kind of mechanical device. The idea of being able to have a matchbox car of your favorite vehicle, put it in the cupboard, and then take it out, set it in your driveway, make it life-size, and then drive it around to your heart's content is particularly enticing to my mind. Not to mention the ability to instantly recreate spaceships, robots, any kind of technology that you can think of, and have it instantaneously made to a size that would then be useful. In this way, you could actually get functional forms of any material from any genre whatsoever. Perhaps most enticingly, it allows you to not only have scientific and technological items, but also magical items as well. Imagine, if you would, the ability to put in wands from Harry Potter or the ring from Green Lantern. Items that have abilities and powers that are beyond the ability of technology, even the fantastical technology, things that delve into regions of capability that are beyond technology itself. And there again, even if you can't get the raw item, with some lateral thinking, you could get the things required to make it. If you couldn't get a Harry Potter wand, for example, it may be possible to get a figurine of Ollivander and get the necessary components he would need to actually create one himself without having the completed form from the very beginning. Now, the interesting sort of existential question this brings to mind, and the ultimate position that this opportunity brings to mind, is what constitutes a toy to begin with. For example, if you had a 3D printer, could you print your own characters and then bring those to life? It would seem to be possible and would seem to be okay. In which case, would you be able to divine their own abilities and traits? Would you be able to provide them with their own items and powers? In such a situation, could you simply proclaim them to have certain traits and abilities and proclaim their items to have certain powers, put them in the cupboard, bring them to life, and their items would have those abilities. What amount of actual narrative backing would be required to instill within them the abilities that you want them to have? In these cases, would resolution matter? With different figurines, there are figurines that have different amounts of detail, different amounts of complexity. Would a figure with considerably less detail end up making the same character as a figurine with a lot more detail because they are essentially the same person? Or would the ability to add more detail add more traits to the end result? Is it instead that the description and the narrative background is more important than the detail of the item itself? As I said, you could have two different versions of a character with differing levels of detail in them, and yet it seems to me that the more important thing is that 
you have a very clear understanding of who that character is based on the narrative behind the character itself, which is to say you could have two different versions of Yoda. One could be a lot poorer quality than the other, but they would both work not because of the quality of the character, but because of the strength of your understanding of who Yoda is to begin with. Now, as a child, I played with sticks and rocks, and I used them as things instead of being sticks and rocks. The question is, would those work? To my mind, as a child, a particular stick or a particular rock in a certain shape was no longer a stick or a rock. It was actually a certain thing. It would be a gun of a certain kind or a gemstone of a certain kind. And the question is, would those things work? Because they then become toys that are the things other than what they are. They become representations and figurines of something else. If those things work, then what is it to define the line between a amorphous object and what actually comes out at the end? Could it then just be my own visualization of what the item is supposed to be or what the item is to me when I put it into the cupboard? In the event that that is not enough, the question is, could I alter existing toys? Would adding writing or dials, for example, create different outcomes? If I were to, say, take a toy ray gun and glue on extra dials and extra settings and write in extra material that would actually add additional features to that, would that then alter the end result if I put it into the cupboard after the fact? Because that would be adding details and features that to a toy and to a child would be just as real as the features that came on that item when I first got it. If that were the case, then it would be possible for me to simply invent new things out of whole cloth by adding the writing of what I wanted it to do or what I wanted it to be without having to involve the possibly complicated involvement of various other people who, if they were considerably smarter than I was, may find a way of making my day difficult. Aside from specific mechanical traits on material items, I also find myself wondering if I could create open-ended characters with simple core traits. As I said, if I could 3D print a figurine and make that person or character whatever I wanted, what sorts of defined characteristics would I need to set down in order for them to be a person of their own right once they were brought to life. Could I create an open-ended character with fairly simplistic descriptive terms that would still be complete enough for them to come out as a whole character? For example, could I create a character and simply describe it as my best friend or someone who is always willing to help? In those circumstances, those particular characters would be the best ones to bring to life and to keep around. Or would it be necessary for me to provide more of a background in order for them to be a complete person? If a minimal amount of description was required, you could actually amass a group of characters that you yourself created that you could also rely upon because their fundamental traits would be set in such a way 
that you knew that there were certain things that they would always do. In such a case, you could abandon the use of other people's characters that may have dubious motivations and could stick to your own characters that would have your own best interests at heart. You could even create characters that were specifically geared toward specific solutions and specific situations as needed. Not to mention you could create characters that were uniquely capable to specific tasks as things arose. Now admittedly, this is something of a silly tangent for an episode. Some would say this whole conversation is a waste of time and is pointless to explore. But I find it rewarding to explore possibilities in unexpected clothing, to carry hypotheses to some ultimate end. I find this not only fun and interesting, but often surprising how great power may just lie in the smallest of things. And hopefully this episode has been one where you find yourself thinking of things that you hadn't thought of before, and imagining possibilities in ways that you might not have imagined them before. I personally find it interesting in a situation where someone is given an opportunity and their first instinct may be to go for the most powerful or the most expensive or the most valuable option on the table, they may in fact find more ability and greater satisfaction in something that at first appears humble and common and even fragile by comparison. We're surrounded by allegory and stories all the time where we're presented with situations that are not likely to happen in reality. And yet by delving into those worlds, exploring those realities, and listening to those stories, we are exposed to information and insights that we may never have come across had we stuck to the strictly material that surrounds us. And perhaps that's the motivation for this particular episode. Perhaps it was simply something that came to my mind that I felt the need to share. A lot of times I find that these episodes are things that simply wake me up at night and need to be put down before I can go to sleep. So with that being accomplished, I can now move on with my day, and hopefully I've passed on some interesting thoughts for you to continue with your week. That's the sort of thing we try to do here at Nobody's Prodigy. And hopefully it's something that you enjoy. I certainly appreciate every single one of you. I would encourage each of you to share this with someone else you think might be of the same ilk as ourselves. And if you have the time, I would really appreciate a review. It's something that really helps out the podcast. Of all the options available, I think that sharing it with someone else and writing a review are the two biggest helps. In addition, as usual... I'm always available to send emails to or the usual options as always presented at the end of the episode. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. If you're enjoying the show and would like to help me feed myself, keep the lights on, and continue making episodes, direct PayPal donations and other inquiries can be sent to thesapientsimeon at gmail.com. That's thesapientsimeon at gmail.com. I do have a Patreon page, also under The Sapient Simeon, where you can get exclusive access to view my other work from years past, 
paintings, designs, projects, and experiments seen nowhere else. With your help, I can maintain the show as a commercial-free broadcast we all can enjoy. But a key part in that process is reaching out to encourage me and show your appreciation. In the meantime, I would like to thank you for listening and doing what you can to help share my work with others. Until next time, stay curious.